Hey, this is Monty Nero, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Wednesday, so we're going to talk some comic books. All week, we're getting ready for the new movie that opens this weekend on HBO Max and in theaters, and that is the long-awaited... Now, some of you have asked why I don't use that clip every time I want to say Mortal Kombat. Um, one, I, I don't want to <laughs> do that much editing. You know, I say Mortal Kombat probably 20-ish times or more a show, and I don't want to just go through. And, and two... You know, it would get a little repetitive and a little old if you heard it that many times. You know, the, the yelling, the Mortal Kombat in your ear. Um, you don't want to hear that. So we use it the first. It's funny. I think they're, uh, you know, it's fun at least. So anyway, we're talking some comics. Mortal Kombat started in the 90s. And for those of you that are either really young or really old, the 90s was an interesting time in comics as well. And I, I think that pairs well with Mortal Kombat. So I'm going to give you like the cliffiest of Cliff Notes version of 90s comics. So coming off of the 80s, you had dark and gritty uh, stuff like Watchmen, uh, Dark Knight Returns, Year One, uh, or Dark Knight Rises, things like that. And dark, gritty, breaking comics code authority. This is this is comics. Well, then in the 90s, you had the big artist revolution. You had these people like Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, um, that were just killing it at Marvel and decided to break off and make their own studio. And so you had Image Comics come in. On Amazon, there's a couple of documentaries about it that are really, really fascinating, and you should definitely go check them out. But as it went on, um, you know, the it was the extreme. I mean, everything about the 90s was extreme, whether it be Mountain Dew or skateboarding or whatever. You know, comic characters had lots of pockets and people that had previously been just kind of, eh, by the mid to late 90s were bad mamma jammas, you know. And that coupled with, like, Mortal Kombat, sensationalism, and violence and everything. I mean, it's that's a match made in, well, somewhere. Uh, probably some office with a bunch of people who just want money. So, Mortal Kombat had a lot of comic, well, a decent amount of comics for a video game. It started off with comics published by Midway. Midway Comics uh, released the first few things. There was Mortal Kombat, the the original one, and this was a prologue to the first Mortal Kombat game. And you can only get it like if you bought the arcade and da da da. I, I don't know. It's real hard to find outside the states. But it was written and John, drawn by John Tobias, who was one of the co-creators of Mortal Kombat. And we're going to see his name pop up a lot today, which uh, I'm glad because a lot of people just Ed Boon, Ed Boon, Ed Boon, Ed Boon. And yeah, Ed Boon is the more visible and audible. He's the toasty guy. But Tobias, I feel like Tobias is the Bill Finger of Mortal Kombat. And I'll let you do your own research to figure out who Bill Finger is. But it, it talks about how the characters got there, Goro's backstory. And everything, kind of some of the stuff we looked at yesterday with the the made-for-TV, the cartoons and the spinoffs and everything like that. Uh, we also look at how 
Scorpion and Sub-Zero played out before the tournament and everything. It was kind of cool. And it was popular enough that they did it for the second one. There was a Mortal Kombat 2 Collector's Edition. And again, Tobias came back. And this one was kind of the start of some Elseworlds stuff because it changed and tweaked the things we'd seen in the video games, things that we would go on to see in like Shaolin Monks and stuff. And told its own story that was kind of parallel with the main story, you know? It, it had a certain, a few points that were like, oh yeah, that's in the game, I see that and everything. But, but, um, what is cool though about both of these first two volumes is at the end of them, it was like, hey, see you at the arcade. And, or you know, on a game screen near you. And then in the arcades, they'd have like a trailer or an advertisement on the screen for check out the Mortal Kombat comic. So that that's pretty cool. They were going to do it again for Mortal Kombat 4. Um, this was on PlayStation and N64. You got it as a pre-order thing. And it would actually come packaged with the PC version. But names that we know now and love in comic world like uh, Eligarza, uh, Karen Grant, uh, Mark Texiera, people like this worked on it. And this tried to help with the whole Sub-Zero, older brother dead, younger brother taking over the legacy thing, but really it was just, I don't know, I had some cool Johnny Cage moments and everything. After this, Mortal Kombat would be, well, kind of during this, Mortal Kombat would be handled by Malibu Comics. Malibu Comics was, again, part of that 90s extreme. Uh, they, they started in the 80s. But the 90s is when they just kind of hit their stride and had like the Ultraverse and everything. They're going to be purchased by Marvel Comics um, later on. But before that, they were making Mortal Kombat comics. And they had a, a few different series. They had the Blood and Thunder, which talks, kind of expands on the first game. But a lot of their stuff, like I said, it is What If, an alternate timeline where we get to see different stories and sometimes it become canon, like the whole Sub-Zero who died becomes Noob Sabat. Uh, you know, that was introduced in these comics. And it's a bunch of uh, weird things. Like the, in the first one, that Blood and Thunder, it's kind of like the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, where they have this book. And each page grants bigger, better powers. Um, and Raiden and Shing Tsung team up to stop Goro. So a little different. Then they had the Battle Wave. And Goro had his own miniseries. They do a lot of stuff with Goro. Uh, Raiden and Kano had a little a miniseries. There was the Tournament Edition. Uh, the U.S. Special Forces, which had nothing to do with the game, but talked about Kano and, you know, uh, Jax and Sonya Blade and everything. And then there were a couple of one-shots, like with Kung Lao and Katana Melina and Baraka and stuff. Just, they introduced, like, Lords of Chaos and Lords of Order here. Uh, introduced a guy named Lance, so that's pretty cool. But, all in all, there was 26 issues, and nobody really, really bought them. Um, so, they, they kind of went away. Then, years later, DC would make Mortal Kombat comics. There was Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe Beginnings. Which was the backstory to Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe and Mortal Kombat 10 or Mortal Kombat X, depending on who you talk to. 
Mortal Kombat 10 Blood Ties. And so this just expanded out. Um, and this was more of an ongoing series, meant to be like a, a long-running series. And we get to see all the characters. Because by the time Mortal Kombat 10 came out, there were so many characters to look at and talk about that, yeah, they needed to do a comic so we could see the Raiden and the Wing God and the Red Dragon team and Shinnok and everybody else the the black there's black dragon red dragon everybody it was it was kind of crazy one of the cool things about it though was since dc the reason dc was making these books is because warner brothers actually purchased midway games back in 2009 so before they were purchased though the last game midway did with mortal kombat was mortal kombat versus dc and, you know, Street Fighter had done, like, X-Men versus Street Fighter and things like that to huge success. Well, Mortal Kombat wanted to do something, and they were going to kind of do a soft reboot of the series, but this landed in their lap, and they decided to run with it. Now, the, the plot is kind of weird. You have Raiden is hitting Shao Kahn with lightning as he's escaping through a portal, and Superman is hitting Darkseid with uh, laser heat vision, while he's going through a boom tube and that causes the two to merge and the worlds kind of merge and it throws everybody's powers off that's why that that's how they explain the leveling of powers and stuff eventually though the good guys win and everything but you know you have what, what's neat about this game is one it's mortal kombat versus dc so that's that's really cool and two it helped pave the way for not only the new Mortal Kombat games, which are more cinematic and tell these big, awesome stories, but also Injustice, which is one of my all-time favorite, not just fighting games, but just fighting games, uh, just games in general. It's great. But, you know, this this game was, was interesting also because it was rated T for teen. There we go back to Mortal Kombat and ESRB, because Warner Brothers was like, hey, our heroes don't kill people. And really, the only villains in the game uh, from DC were Darkseid, Deathstroke, and the Joker, and Lex Luthor. And, you know, you can argue Catwoman, but usually she's the good guy. So, you know, they even regionally, like the American version was heavily edited in the fatalities and stuff, and they had to trim a lot down. Uh, but it worked, you know, they were still a good story. And I think that helped kind of reinvigorate the Mortal Kombat franchise because this is coming off of mythologies, special forces, I don't know, cooking with Katana, um, all these weird games that they had. That, that last one wasn't one, but I would totally play play it as well. Baking with Barack, uh, Baraka, sorry. You know, all of those, I, I would probably play those on the Switch. But it brought new life to Mortal Kombat. It showed that, hey, a DC fighting game would actually be pretty cool. Besides Justice League Task Force on the Sega Genesis, which is awesome. I talk about it all the time. Uh, and so that's how we got here. Through weird comics, uh, bankruptcy, weird crossovers, everything. Mortal Kombat and Injustice are both players to stay. And I think that that's cool. Let me know, though, what Mortal Kombat comic would you like to see? Let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. Just look for The Night Nerd. You can email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Otherwise, that's going to do it for me today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.